Hey, welcome to Real Talk, episode 138. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. We're back. We're back again for you. <laughs> and behind the camera, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Fun Clint. Hello, this is Fun Turn Clint. Welcome to Saturday Night Smooth. It's your favorite elevator, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, we're here. <laughs> Just remote to the air conditioner. So, uh, yeah, for those on the podcast, I had the remote for the air conditioner on the set. It's just a terrible, terrible thing that I did because it just, just I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like a professional wouldn't allow that to happen. But anyway, what's Real Talk? In case, for instance, it's your first time and you haven't left yet. Real Talk is an opportunity. Dare I say, a chance, a platform for you to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between with everything. us. Um, there is a link Somewhere in the description of this podcast, but if not, you can see it right here if you're on the video. Uh, at www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk, and that real is R-E-A-L. So www-theremnant.life slash real dash talk. Click the link, go down to the box that says submit a question, hit that box. It's going to open up a form fillable box. Yes. Tippity tap your little answer, comment, concern, article, hit send. It goes into our database immediately, instantaneously, and most importantly, anonymously. <laughs> we couldn't find you if we tried. That was a good one. So, yeah, we've got a full day. We've got a full day personally. Yes. As we are on a bit of a time crunch. Yeah, we are. Um, because we have to go watch some youth play football for a championship. I, listen, man, it's a championship game. We, we, we can't miss it. Exactly. We've been here every time. I'm so, already yep. celebrating. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, we're moving fast. Um we do plan on, <laughs> I look like a liar, because I've said for two weeks we're going to do yes. a bonus episode, we have not ever done that. That's right. But this week. And we are definitely going to do one this week. Yeah. Now, I don't, we have the times laid out, you've sent yes. it to us, and I think, we haven't really discussed whether we should do a live or do another one, because we just mm -hmm. don't know if you guys will listen, if I'm honest. If we do a bonus episode, if we do a bonus episode, we can even listen. Though I think if we were to do a live, you would tune in for a moment. Right. Maybe. You could always do it. But then the podcast folks are like, what about us? Right. I was thinking <laughs> bonus episode yes, revealing sure. revelations. Yeah, that's true. Nice. Yeah. It's topical. It's mm -hmm. like a it's like a movie, it's like a TV special. There you go. You know? You know, remember when they do those? Oh like yeah. Burn Notice had a had a movie one time. Yep. You ever seen I, that show? I, I have never I've seen one episode of Burn Notice. Here's the thing about Burn life. Notice. Um, a guy that we know named Jason and another guy named Chris, they they, they watched that, you know, mm -hmm. because at one point when I lived with him as roommates, these two guys at two separate occasions, they would take the TV over and never allow anyone else to watch it. <laughs> so at times you'd be forced into a show. And that show is actually really good. <laughs> not kidding. Never watched the whole thing, but it's a very good, well, well done show. Yeah. Anyway, that so had nothing to do with anything. We're gonna do a special. That's right. <laughs> so, real talk special, revealing revelation. Do not expect <laughs> a deep dive, <clears throat> but we'll answer some questions. Maybe even if we don't get through the ones today, because I do think we have a lot of good ones. Yes. Maybe we'll touch. What? Hmm? What'd you say? Oh, I was just doing some nice little weird thing back nice. here. All right. I love it. Nice. Man, I just can't get over how cool that rim they had is. It's definitely that, the coolest it's one. It's definitely the coolest one. I agree. Yeah. I love it. Does anyone ask you what the R is yet? Mine is uh, way no, too big. Nobody at all. <laughs> I got my dad hat. It just doesn't fit. That's unfortunate. Said. I know. Uh, old production guy Blake gave me a hat he got too because it was too big. And, you know, mm -hmm. I have a large head. Um, figuratively. I mean, literally, if not figuratively. And <laughs> that head, you know, but it was too big even for my giant head. Man. And I even have some fluffy hair right now, and it didn't Yeah, happen. dude. It almost makes me want to grow my hair out just so I can wear it. 
I will be honest. When you find the right size, though, it will. It, it's an absolutely amazing fit. It oh, really yeah. is. Is yours fitted? Yours is. Mm -hmm. Is it really? It See, I'm not typically a fitted hat guy because of Me my either. odd hats, head size. But that looks good. Anyway, yeah. wow, that had nothing to do. We wasted about three minutes. <laughs> so we have a lot of questions. Anything you want to say to the folks at home about your life briefly? Um. All right, keep it brief. First, complete side note, I know we're trying to keep on track, but I just want to say, if you ever looked at other podcast clips of the professionals, I'm telling you, we're not that bad. Really? They do insane crap. We've have seen the, the host of the show literally leave the show because he did something, a hot challenge, and he literally left to go find... And that ended it. No, they just chilled, and everyone was just... Did he come back? Yeah, he was going to find milk. <laughs> We've done that. That happened. Right. So, I mean, the guy literally... It's Shab, Brandon Shab. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to say soft because the dude is a UFC fighter, the dude is a football player. Yeah. Um, and he's a big man. So, yeah, I've literally seen him leave his own show to go do random stuff. Anyways, so, yeah, my life, though, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of a rough, rough point right now. Um, just trying to, trying to figure out, you know, this mirror. You know, I know we've talked about it a lot, but trying to look in the mirror of who I really am. <laughs> And face the ugly, um, and you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm having days where I'm doing a good job of, of of looking at it, but I'm also having days where I, I feel like I am looking away, and I'm trying really hard to just keep looking at it, um, and just I don't know, man, face those parts of me that that I've never had to or I've never wanted to. So you know, that that is just a quick update, and you know, it is hard, and it, you know, it is sad, um, but. If I try to keep my mind in the place of where, you know, it's not hopeless. You know, there, there is hope. And if I can keep my mind on that, I know that there's something good on the other side through all this. So that's what I'm trying to cling on to. I'm having a hard time, but I'm not hopeless. There is hope. So that's kind of where I'm at. You're not hopeless, man. So. What? I said that. <laughs> hey, man, you're not hopeless. Hey. But you're not. And uh, the beauty, man, I think it's pretty cool. You know, we were just talking briefly before we got on. Kind of. Yeah. You were kind of sharing some of that and some of some of it. And yeah. one of the things I think is cool, man, when the verse came to mind to share it, I'm going to share it again. And it was one that I – I'm sorry for breathing you into your ears. But that I've clung to and, you know, I told you my story. And it's funny, man, as you're kind of going through this journey, some of the stories I tell you, I feel like they're becoming more real to you now. Oh, yeah. But one of the things – one of my verses that I used to have in my truck to remind me because I was in a similar place was uh, in Romans – God works out all things for the good of those who believe according to his purposes. Mm. And, yeah, I think that is, uh, that's the truth for you too, man. So, you know, when I live in that world, when I live in the world that God, it was so gross, excuse me. When I live in that world that God is always out for my good, mm -hmm. um, it's exciting. Because you're, you're, if you let yourself think about it, AJ, you're, you might be in this woods right now. Yeah. But there's a treasure in here like that he's <sighs> leading you to. And it's gonna be good. That's really good. And he's it's not scary. He hasn't left you in the woods either. He's with you. Mm. <clears throat> so it's scary because yeah. I think that I'm in a place right now where I feel like I've never been in my life. Um so that it's it's very uncomfortable. Mm. And it's I think that's why I'm having a hard time facing that mirror because I've never had to. Like this is a place where I've never been before. Mm -hmm. And so it's just completely new grounds. And I'm like, I just like like you said, the woods. It's like, it's, it's like a part of the woods you've never been to, and I'm just like, it's terrifying. I don't. <laughs> so, mm. 
Yeah, but thank you. That's really good, man. I need to keep that in mind and, like, I don't know, cling. That's such a key word that I, I don't do very often is cling. I have to cling to that truth. So thank you. Yeah, man, and, and I like that you use the word cling. Um, you got to hold on. I used to have the image when, I, when I'm in those moments still where I'm holding on by a pinky, but mm. I hold on. The beauty is you might be holding on for your belief in it in the sense of like, your heart, your heart is holding on to that truth. But the beauty is Jesus is holding on to you the whole time. You're never going to fall. It's really good. You're never going to fall away. It's like you know? you're hanging by a pinky, but he's actually the cool Yeah, holding you, yeah. yeah. <coughs> cool. That's actually a really powerful image. Yeah, I'm so sorry to cough in your guys' face. How about you? How, how are you doing? I'm kind of in a similar boat, except, you know, we talked last week, and I hope you guys can tell we're still in a more positive framework than we were. Yeah. Um, I'm having to face, I'll be really honest briefly i don't know maybe we'll go into more of why later mm-hmm. uh, f- last week i did an exercise um, did i mention this last week <clears throat> the book wild at heart um, by john eldridge is a book that really changed my life i've mentioned it many times he's a christian counselor um, his ministry very specifically speaks to the hearts of men to get right. men and he sure helped me at like age 21, 22, woke me up. One of the exercises in there, I've done it three times in my life. Once then, at the beginning of when I was going through it, once at like probably like six years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I just did it recently and I'm still processing. What he suggests doing is if you really want to know how you're doing as a man, ask the people that are close to you, that you work with, mm-hmm. that are in your life, and that you trust would be honest. And then... Deal with what they say, the good and the bad. Yeah. And I have very specific questions. Um, I like having. Go I like that. I just love that. Yeah, man. <clears throat> it's scary. You must oh yeah, that. very uncomfortable. But I've seen it, and um, you know, seen some of the areas that I don't think I wanted to face. Uh, one of which is how deep down I still have this deep wound of mistrust. To the point, you know, that I, when people hurt me or they do something that I feel like is, you know, not not failing, because it isn't that. I'm very, I, I know my heart is very grace-filled and forgiving. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just a certain area that I push people. It's like I'm still able to love them, but they're not close to me anymore. <clears throat> and man, how I've made people live in and fear whether they acknowledge it or not of like, because they love me, of, of the, have they done that? Have they stepped mm. on that landmine they didn't know was there? Yeah. Where they know I'm not going to be mean to them, stop loving, but they'll, they don't get to be in my life in that capacity. So working on that, seeing yeah. it, and God is making me like, oh, Holy Spirit is just constantly reminding me to the point now it's almost frustrating of mm. conviction and having to apologize and when I do those things. So it's cool, though. It's a good point. Absolutely, man. It, <clears throat> I think it's cool. It, honestly, it's really inspiring because I know, I know I told you this, but I, I still need to do it, but I really want to do it. I, I, I would love to do that, too. I would love to just, especially because of where I'm at right now, I mm-hmm. think it would be really beneficial. And, but. and the thing is, man, like, you realize that not everything everyone says is truth. Sometimes they carry their own stuff in. Right. But what, what you what's neat is when you filter in, you know, if you ask five people and all five say this one thing, there's probably that's, some That's hard to that. deny that. Yeah. Exactly. I, that's good. I like that. But yeah, there's things that people said. You're like, well, that's not me. It, it kind of made me think of, <coughs> I don't know, this kind of came to mind when you were talking, but it was, you were talking about how it's hard, it's uncomfortable to face that stuff when you're asking all these people, you know, especially the bad. It's yeah. like, 
you know, it made me think of like the idea of like a man, like a man shows true strength when he's willing to face the ugly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's almost like we, th- it's like the beast, right? It's like you were willing to look at that beast, but because you are willing to actually look at it and mm-hmm. face the reasons why it's bad, it can be good. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the idea. It, it reminded me of the idea of uh, a, a video we watched for Lionheart, where it's Jordan Peterson talking about the, uh, oh man, the chaos, right? Someone who is, uh, oh, what is what, what was the saying? I used to say it all the time. For, now I forget. Is it the, hmm. not the complexity? That's the wrong. That's the wrong word. <laughs> it's the. Uh, Yes, thank you, thank you, Fun Turn. The, it's the uh, capacity of, for chaos. Like, mm. if you're willing to kind of like look down the barrel, right, the proverbial barrel of of your ugly, like that's a that's a beast right there. Like that guy can handle it, and that's that's pretty cool, man. It's powerful. So, mm. I like that. Truth. So, it's good, man. I think that I don't know. It's it's. It's cool to see, like, you're just a good example, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> I, I, you are. You know what? I'm going to accept. I appreciate that, and I need to accept that compliment. And it's just hard <laughs> because so much of me goes, no, man, this came out of all my bad. But, you know, thank you for seeing good in that in the middle. Yeah, of absolutely. And that's part of the lesson for this, too, is to accept the good people have said. Because, you know, let's say five again. All five have common things that are good. And, like, even if I don't want to see good in me, I have to accept that, you know, how arrogant, it's just as arrogant to say those aren't true as it is to say the bad. <laughs> yes, that's, that's <clears> tough, man. And to live, to not live out of those is in a way not honoring God. Mm-hmm. So for me, part of that journey, too, has been accepting some of that and being humble enough to accept compliments. So thank you. All right. You're welcome. Good stuff. Let's dive into the questions. Fun turn, you got anything? No, I'm just chilling over here, having a decent time. Pretty much in the <laughs> same place as you guys, just... God's working on me slowly, random bouts of attacks and all sorts of fun with that. But besides that, I'm, I'm, I'm having a pretty good pretty good time overall. I've actually been in a really good place. I had my moment of sadness yesterday, <coughs> and then ever since then I've been like, eh, everything's, everything's looking up. Yeah. Well, like things are weird, a little bit weird, but everything's, you know what, I can't complain. <laughs> in a strange moment of optimism. <laughs> That's Especially good, man. Me, and I'm a pessimist. I'm uh, no, a man. Pessimist. Honestly, dude, I think you have been pretty optimistic lately. It's pretty cool. So, you know, to encourage you, man, I think you know, I think you have been pretty optimistic, even if you know days have been long. Because I know I've asked you before, like how your day's been. And you said it's been a long day, but you still like it's not like a, it's not like one of those sad. It's been a long day. It's just like a, it you can it you, it, you can breathe now. That's what it feels like. So that's cool, man. All right. Yeah, man. I think you've been been cool that you you can feel it in him you know that you're oh yeah him. so all right <clears throat> we're gonna dive into some questions we've got them they're good we're ready to rock and roll rock and roll you just like fun just like the king all right man you need to go first i'll go first um i'm in i said i'm going first i mean okay. i ask okay all right aj you ready i'm ready <laughs> so now we're shifting gears to answer real questions asked by you about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. And I would consider this one a little bit of everything in between. Nice. So, do parallel universes exist? If we are in a, if we are in, if so, I'm sorry, okay, let me ask this again. So, do okay. parallel universes exist? If so, are we a minuscule part of intelligent life in this universe? <laughs> 
Well, here's the thing. Because when I think of a parallel universe, that's two separate universes. So I think we're minuscule either way. <laughs> if, if a parallel exist, universe existed or not, I think we're minuscule either way. Because um, honestly, I don't know what God's capable of. He's made all this. What else could he make? I don't know. I'm just going to be real. Like, is there a possibility that <coughs> God has made some sort of other beings Sorry. out there? It's very possible. Mm. Um you know, again, this is one of those questions. I love this question, and I wish I wish we had more time because I would love to go more into it. Uh, but do I believe there's a parallel universe? Ah, man, you know, I'm going to say anything's possible. <laughs> you know, what would that mean for us? You know, I don't know if it would honestly change much because God's given us a purpose, you know. Just like the people mm. in the parallel universe, you know, I think he'd give them a purpose too. He wouldn't just make us for no reason. So mm. even if it was true, I wouldn't let it doubt or question everything. <laughs> I'm going to completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I can't say that it isn't true. And honestly, I like what you said. It doesn't really change anything for uh, for us. Right. And sometimes people think, oh, that breaks it down. Like how? I no. Mean, he still specifically gave us you know, what we are to do. I haven't right. even thought that about intelligent life. You know, the idea of aliens for me, yeah. for me, okay, and maybe someone out there is like, this is why it is. Mm-hmm. It's never, I don't think about it, don't really know, don't really even, because it doesn't really affect my faith. Yeah, man. I don't know how what God has done. And I just know what he's told me. Exactly, and honestly, if God did make a parallel universe, what would be the point in telling us? Like, yeah, he knows what's good for yeah. us. So even if he did make one, he doesn't have to tell us he's God. Mm. That's true, actually. <laughs> you know. Um, cool. Yeah. I. All right. That moves us on to number two. Great question. Though. I love those intriguing ones. Oh, yeah. There's definitely some stuff out there that's very interesting. All right. Do you Look want up me to, the Mandela me... effect. Mandela. No. You want we, me to skip down to number five? We talked about that long ago. Oh, I missed. Um, since the rest of them, those sure, are right. Okay. All right, Toddy. What are your beliefs on the five points of Calvinism and Reformed theology more generally? That's a great question. So, <clears throat> whoever this person is that asks theological questions, I like it. And yet, um, that could be a whole episode. <clears throat> so, every, excuse me. So, here is my addendum, my preface, even though I say I'm not going to preface, but I think we need it. Mm-hmm. My disclaimer. My disclaimer is clearly I'm not going to be able to go into the depths of this because we don't have time. Yes. You're asking a very good question that on the surface, the the terms don't really matter, but I think all of us do fit to a degree in these categories, okay? So Calvinism is a branch of theology. What is theology? It is how we interpret and how we see God. It's the study of God. It's is what is God like? What is the Bible like? What is Christianity like? What does this all mean, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, when I say this, there's a schools of thought. This is not the same as, oh, so whatever we believe about God, we believe about God. I mean, we can all just have our own interpretations. No, that's not true. There are just kind of certain things that have these schools of thought, but they would still agree on the main points of like, of like, 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 <clears throat> Christ. You know, Christ died for our sins, and to, to be saved, we must accept that. Yeah. It's more of some, some other things that I do think are important, but I want to be very clear that this is not the same as Mormonism or um, Jehovah's Witnesses. This is different, mm-hmm. okay? These are... To be accepted as a school of theology in Christianity 
it still agrees on the the fundamental truths of our faith. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Without being too weird. Yeah, that makes sense. So Calvinism came from a guy named John Calvin who sort of reformed the church early on. Because um, there is some truth to the fact that, you know, getting into the Middle Ages and beyond, um, the Catholic Church was the Christian church of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we had Luther. Martin Luther came along, as we all know, and he sort of reformed the church and put his theses on the thing and said, hey, we're, we're doing some stuff wrong here. And then later on, John Calvin came on and, and <clears throat> came along. It doesn't really matter. Um, <clears throat> for these purposes. So it, it, this came from him. So what are the points of the five points of Calvinism? Mm -hmm. Okay. Five point, well, no, let's think. So the Reformed movement in general is sort of a return to the roots of, of the Protestant faith. It's, it, you know, it, it, it came out of a fact that, boy, things, they would probably say things kind of got kind of crazy here where everybody's sort of going off and doing their own thing from these denominations. And we've got to have a basis in which we believe that it came from a good place, I think. Is right. They kind of try to bring it back <clears throat> to like what, is, like, what does the Bible say, essentially? Yeah, so it's maybe it's like... best to start in Reformed theology. Mm -hmm. So what you know what that is. Broadly speaking, and I got this from a website, but I think it's good. Uh, Reformed theology includes a system of belief that traces its roots back to the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. We're going back to it. Mm. All right. Um, generally speaking... Reformed theology holds to the authority of Scripture. We, right? we would agree right. with that. The sovereignty of God. God is in control. Salvation by grace through Christ. Mm -hmm. And the necessity of evangelism. I believe in all of those things. Does that make sense? Does everybody, yeah. Are those things, Clint, fun turning you might help me. Are all those understandable? I, yeah, is that I was, understandable oh, to you? Absolutely. So I don't need to define yeah. those. Sovereignty of God. God's in control. Authority of Scripture. This can be trusted. It is our final authority That's right. by which we determine our faith. That's we right. don't interpret... The Bible through the lens of our life. We interpret our life and beliefs through the lens of the, the Bible. Amen. Okay? Sovereignty of God's in control. He's fully powerful. He, he, nothing is surprising him. Salvation by grace through Christ. We are saved through the grace of God, through the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and yep. the necessity of evangelism. We are called to spread the good news of the gospel. That's right. Yep. Um, so when you, when you say, and this is where it gets interesting, Reformed theology when you when you look at those things, yeah, I and, and they said me, right? I'm not necessarily speaking for a church, though. I would say our church probably doctrinally would agree with that. Our, our beliefs are on the website, yeah. But I guess real talk, maybe you came in and didn't know where to church. So I'll just talk about me. I believe in all those things. Me too. I believe those. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. P.S. That's the truth. Those things are to me are primary issues. Yes. That you have to you know you have to hold to those to be a believer. I'm sorry. That's that's how I view it. Now, within that, they would say that their basis is, um, well, I guess I should say this so people know. I like this website's like, description, too. The authority of Scripture means Reformed theology teaches the Bible is the inspired and authoritative Word of God, and it's sufficient in all matters of faith and practice. It's perfect as is, and it's in all that we need. Nice. Sovereignty of God teaches that God rules with absolute control of all creation. He knows everything that's going to happen, is never frustrated, does not limit the will of the creature, meaning we can still have free will. Mm. It also doesn't make God the creator of sin, which we'll get to. Salvation by grace, I already told you that. <clears throat> um, however, this is where it gets interesting. Necessity of evangelism, we'll get we'll come back to uh, the part I just said. They teach that Christians in the world are to make a difference spiritually through evangelism and socially through the way we love people and taking care of people. Yeah. Okay? It also, if you get down to Reformed theology, um, they also tend to believe in... 
um, the sacraments, baptism, in water, communion, we do that. Yeah. A cessationist view of the spiritual gifts, and this is where you can't fully say, if, if, if you define Reformed theology based on the things I brought up above, salvation by faith alone, all those things, yeah. I am a Reformed theologian. Yeah. When you throw in cessationists, and cessationist essentially means that the gifts, I'm trying to wait because this makes it more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I get in my head and I don't make it clear. Um, where are we at here? Makes sense so far. Cessationist is the gifts are no longer extended to the church. Hmm. Right? They stopped, and before you, the reason that is, and they make a good argument, is that the, those gifts were there because the apostles and the early church needed them to prove that God was with them to establish the church. Mm. Okay? And these are the gifts like the gifts mentioned, not the ones like leadership necessarily on those, but the gifts of um, you know, prophecy, speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. healing, all those kinds of things. Right. Now, that's <laughs> where it gets hazy. And yeah. Where yeah. You, since you asked me what I feel, and I don't know, your views are probably similar to mine. I would agree, So if yeah. you branch off, you can say that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm not being arrogant. Him and I are clearly good friends. We mm-hmm. tend to probably the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Not not that I can't be friends with people. Around, but I'm just <laughs> right. We talk about these things. Yeah. So, um, I am not necessarily in that camp of cessationists. I don't think so either. Not me. Now, here's where I. This is hard to explain. I believe God is sovereign, and if God wants to, you know, give a a, a missionary mm-hmm. in a foreign nation that is speaking to a jungle tribe, the ability to speak in their language and, not, and they they can understand them somehow. Yeah. Hey, God can do that. Absolutely. Can. Um, that I doesn't even mean I've heard it. I believe that God, in fact, my belief in the sovereignty of God says that God can still do what he wants to do. Now where I kind of agree with them and where maybe I branch off from the ones who go, yeah, tongues and blah, blah. It's like, I don't believe that we have any control over when God gives those gifts. Does That's this good. make some sense? Yep. So a lot of times, believe it or not, there, there are denominations or, or schools of theological thought in which they wouldn't tell you this, but in a way, they believe if we do certain things, we have access to call upon those gifts. I right. always put it this way. We're you know, God's control the, of when yes. we can do it. And I don't believe that. No. So I'm not in that camp either that believes like, oh, yeah, you know, I can just pray to speak in tongues and I'm going to get it because God... You know, because I asked or because I lived this holy life or, you know, all those types right, of things. Right, right. Um, so that's where I kind of branch off. <clears throat> I agree. There's some other areas I branch off too. But they also, there's some beliefs in Reformed theology about how, like, the end times and some things like that, which we won't get into today. Right. Now, whoever asked this, the reason I know that they must study theology to a degree is this is a very specific question because then they asked about the five points of Calvinism. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read those from a website. Um, the website itself is, where is it? Um, no, that's not it. Okay. Sorry, I thought I had it pulled up because oh, I, knew no, you're we, fine. I knew we were going to talk about this. What's interesting is like, I feel like, you know, when you're talking about how oh, I found it. people will think like, like people think that the gifts are no longer like, mm-hmm. like, like God doesn't just like put those in people anymore. Like, <laughs> it's just interesting because I feel like the Bible would have clearly stated that i feel like he would have let us know hey this is no longer you know Mm -hmm. that's just kind of my thoughts when i you know when i was thinking through it 
Because I feel like there's no direct evidence in the Bible of, of God going, you know what, that was only for the apostles. apostles. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on that, because... They would say certain, because I'm looking at some of the stuff we know. Yeah. Apostle Paul, they say, predicted that the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians 13, 13 8 would cease. Hmm. Um, history, this person's history indicates that tongues did cease. They're not mentioned by any of the post-apostolic fathers like Justin Martyr, Origen, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Um, and they said if the gift of, were still available today, there would be no need for missionaries to attend language school. But see, then I can go, yeah, there would be, because like, we don't determine whether God... Yeah. So anyway, it doesn't matter right. um, for now. The website... Sorry, I didn't pull that up, guys. So I'm going to at least read there, because I think it's pretty good. I yeah. have to look to find one that kind of describes it well, and then I'll tell you where I branch off. Okay. It's called reasonabletheology.org. You can go check that out if you want. Um, the five points of Calvin are this. Total depravity. It's also... Um, the acronym is TULIP, if you ever want to know. John Cal TULIP, T-U-L-I-P. Total depravity. It says, due to all of mankind, due to sin, all of mankind is completely sinful and depraved. Every part of fallen man is corrupted by sin. He is a creature that is incapable of obeying the law of God. We see in Romans 3.10 that no one is righteous. And in Romans 3.23 that, quote, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So basically, for the common, so much for the basic belief that mankind is good. You know, those people out there that believe that. Yeah. Understanding that we're completely sinful and totally depraved is an essential part of fully appreciating God's grace. Um. This depravity affects, and this is where, here we go. This this depravity affects every part of the human experience, and spiritually we are all dead in our trespasses and sin, Ephesians 2.1. Hmm. This doctrine does not teach that each man is as wicked as he could be, so that's why you're not as evil, you're not as wicked as the serial killer. Right. Right? Um, the fact that not everyone is an anarchist or a psychopath doesn't mean this isn't true. Instead, what's being taught is that our depravity is total in reference to our complete rebellion against God, our mm. inability to do good apart from the Holy Spirit. That also, I actually agree with that. Me too. However, where they would say, we'll come to it. I, I don't want to get it. So total depravity. I agree. Yes, me too. Can't save myself. Can't save ourselves. No. Can't even do good without God. Because even our good is tainted by our selfishness. That's right. right? Unconditional election. Also known as, so this is the U, sovereign election. It's a teaching that God's rescuing of sinners is entirely due to his own will and good pleasure. Salvation is not brought about in any way by our actions or decisions. Because remember, Scripture teaches that we are spiritually dead. Because of this, we cannot and will not turn towards God on our own. Instead, it is God who elects believers to salvation. He does this based solely on his grace and not our works. Believers were chosen by God before the foundation of the world. Yeah. The further, you already know where I'm going to branch off here. This further emphasizes our inability to earn salvation by our works since election predates our very existence. The Bible is clear that it's God who saves and that he does so according to his grace, not on the condition of our works or foreseen response to this grace. In, it is in this that election is unconditional. Spiritually dead Which things. Is, kind we of, pretty much branch off in the same place, honestly. This is what I would say. So I, I'm in agreement <clears throat> with most of this. Uh, they would probably say I'm irrational, but I don't believe I am. I'm just being honest. So I agree that... It's brought about that God rescuing of us is brought about by his own will and good pleasure. Yeah. Salvation is not brought about in any way by our actions. I, yep. Or our decisions. Now, this is what I would agree with that. However, because my decision isn't what saves me, but my acceptance of what he has offered does save me. So you have to make the choice to accept it, right? Yes. Now, they, and I get their point. They're saying, well, you couldn't even respond to God. You were so depraved, you can't even respond. 
And so it can only be those who have saved that God knew Clint was going to be a Christian. So you have the ability to respond to him. Predestiny thing. It is. That is Calvinists are predestination. Yes. That's funny that you knew that. Okay. Because this, we cannot and will not turn to God on our own. I do. I I believe again that too. But this is where it's kind of weird. I believe that God has given us choice. I can give you verse after verse, and maybe we should do an episode where I just I give my biblical evidence for this. I love it. We have a choice. Um, so that I do disagree there. I believe that everyone is given the opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Whether now, while well, Todd, how does that? How can they do that if they're totally depraved? I don't know. In the midst of our depravity, it's like being in the dark. I can still see the light, and I believe that. You know, that's a very poor example, but I mean, I believe that even those who have lived in the dark their whole life have the ability to see the light and go towards it. Absolutely. If they want. Now, he does this solely based on his grace and not our works. I completely agree with that. Yep. The problem is they try to tell me that you can't believe both of those. They're like, well, if that's the case, Todd, then we are the ones that have to hold on to it. I don't agree. Biblically, okay? Mm-hmm. So does that make sense or should I, I move on? No, I, th- I think that's good. Even this verse I agree with. The Bible's clear that it is God who saves and that he does so according to his grace, not the condition of our works. Yes, 100%. Um, Jesus, they, 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 on but they use this verse in John Jesus' words when he says something to effect. Can you look up John 6, 4, 44? John 6, 44. And scrolling down to 44. There it is. Um, did I say 644? Yeah. And yep. you, uh, 644 says, what version is this? NIV. That's perfect uh, for now. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. That sounds like pretty, kind of backs it up, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, but if you read the whole, th- uh, you know, the context, um. You know, the context is people are questioning him, saying, I am the bread. They said, isn't, it, isn't this guy just Jesus, the one of Joseph? We know, like, he's telling us all this and, and essentially saying, yeah, I get it. A lot of you aren't going to believe me. And those that don't believe me are the ones that aren't going to, like, accept this message. That's how I view that. Mm. Um, which God does know who's going to choose it. That's the weird right. mystery. I believe God knows who's going to be saved and who isn't. That doesn't mean that we didn't have a choice, to me anyway. Right. Does that make sense? That makes sense. We can go on to that one, but anyway... Um, and you are 100% right. Predestination is in that. Yeah. Um, limited atonement is also one that essentially, I like the way this guy says it. He says, limited atonement can be a difficult doctrine and one that should be handled with care. It's most, it is likely the most controversial, misunderstood aspect of Reformed theology. So it tip blah, blah, blah. Atonement refers to the forgiveness of our sins by means of Jesus' sinless life. And dude, this guy, I hope those wrinklings aren't on the camera. <laughs> Sorry, Clint's having himself a snack, and you know I'm a squirrel. Anyway, um, atonement refers to the forgiveness of our sins mm-hmm. by Jesus, right? Yeah. He, he paid for our sins on the cross. So far, so good. We all agree. Absolutely. Calvinism is distinctive in that it teaches Jesus' death on the cross did not merely make salvation possible for those who would choose it, but that it made salvation definite for those who have been elected by God. So, this is this is I'm going to put it. So in they're my saying words. like it didn't. He didn't die for everybody. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that's where I branch off again. That's almost like cruel. It almost feels like God's cruel. And now, to to his credit, I agree with you. And also, I just don't see the scripture in Uh that. Um, Now, I'll give you their argument for the cruelty thing. Yeah. If every single person is on a slide heading to to hell in a fire, Uh is God cruel because he only saves some of them? Or is he gracious in that he grabs some? 
<laughs> that's their argument. Now, you and I know God is God, and he could save all of them if he wanted. Mm-hmm. So that's where I agree with you. This falls apart. Yeah. Because that's still not good to me. No. Um, anyway, I clearly don't agree with that. No. Now, I'm also not the one. They try to put me in a camp. So you have that. And then you have what I would call unlimited atonement, which means these are the people who are universalists. Yes. Who say, yes, Christ's death opened the door and everyone, and now whether they believe in him or not, they get, they get yep, in. They just get to walk through. Yep. Which is definitely not right either. Just can't be. Which, well, it's not in Scripture, right? No. So... I'm not either of those. <laughs> His atonement, you know, is for those who respond to the to the grace that he offers. Right. Um, irresistible grace, no one can be saved unless they're first drawn by God. Uh, irresistible grace does not teach that God's calling cannot be resisted for a period of time, but that resistance will ultimately be overcome. So essentially, in short, this is the belief that all those who are called by God to believe in Jesus will be saved. So... Um, God's sovereign election is not contingent on our response, that those who are called by him will ultimately... So essentially, you have no choice. You will be saved if you're meant to be saved. Yeah. Um, now, this is the, the P, I actually... So I don't necessarily agree with that either. Well, I kind of do, um, but I don't, right? Yeah, like, I'm kind of with you. I don't agree with it, I guess, if you said that, because... But I, also, but I do agree with the part that he is going... That those he called, he is going to finish the good work in them. Right. Now, perseverance of the saints. If you have been justified before God, you cannot lose your salvation. Once a person is truly saved, this salvation is eternally secure. Mm-hmm. And speaking about his sheep, Jesus taught that, quote, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father has given them. He's greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I agree with that. 100%. Yeah. So um, rather than having to hold on to salvation, the Bible teaches that when a person believes in Christ, they immediately obtain eternal life that cannot be lost. And those who appear to permanently fall away were never true believers. We all agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and John MacArthur has stated, if you could lose your salvation, you would. And I agree because mm-hmm. we, we agree with that. Now, so that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. I, I probably fully believe three out of the five. Yeah, it's weird. It's- um, so that's, a, my, that's my view on it. I would love to give my maybe, again, maybe we could go into it deeper and I could show you my biblical evidence why, like why I believe that. Sounds that sounds fun. So anyway, that's the answer to that question. So Yeah, man. All right, cool. I think that was... Yeah, pretty good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's my turn to ask you. Yeah, I believe. And uh, somewhat interesting. Okay. When God created the animals, do you think there was a food chain where certain animals ate other ones, or is that a product of when sin, sin entered into the world? Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there is some sort of design in this food chain. You know, I, f- I feel like I feel like it just kind of naturally makes sense for like you know you have these bigger creatures that are naturally coexistent with these smaller creatures and smaller and smaller. I feel like God had some sort of design in that. So you think they were eating each other before sin? That, that's what they're pretty much asking. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Probably not. I was just asking what you thought. Yeah. Actually, now that, now that I think about it, now that would make sense, because why would they need to eat each other? Ironically, I actually think that, yeah, they were, because that's how God originally designed it. He designed everything in this particular way before even humans. So he, all these animals are already running around before human, if I'm correct. And then they were already that, and it was good, so they were already that way before sin. I don't think sin actually affected 
the animals of the world, I think it affected us. And then we affected the world. Or maybe I have a wrong view of that. No, I was just pondering. Interesting. I mean, I definitely... So you think the lions would try to eat Adam and Eve before sin entered the world? See, that's, yeah, see, that's where it gets interesting. I, I think they would eat gazelle and things like that, but I don't necessarily think they would have been eating Adam and, uh, Adam and Eve because they would have been the rulers. So, so you do think like, sin affected the animals somewhat? Yeah, somewhat, I would say, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I tend to think... I don't know the answer. Yeah, that's, that's uh, interesting. I don't even want to give a guess. I mean, part of me says no. I guess my first instinct was to say no. <clears throat> like, they didn't. But then I'm like, I think I'm comparing that. The only reason I'm really saying that is because the idea of death, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I, I, here's an intriguing thought. When God said to them, because of this, you shall surely die. Did they have a concept of death in the animal world? Hmm. If not with... But then it's, it's just an odd thing. So <clears throat> I guess in, uh, if I had to pick one, I'd say no. But I don't really have any reason beyond it yeah. just seems like... I don't know. But then again, what are they all vegetarians? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're right. Maybe, maybe they were. Or, or was know. there was there was there actually even like any need to eat because everything was perfect? So like, did you actually? Oh, I think have they to... ate. They said you can eat anything that's not off of the tree of. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> there were still pleasures of the world as far as like good things like eating. I think and enjoying a nice walk. The Before that, we were robots. <laughs> Enjoying a nice walk in the breeze. <laughs> I have no idea, man. It's a good question. It is a good question. It's very interesting. Yeah. I definitely, I guess if you had to pinpoint it for me, I'd say. Or if I had to pinpoint it, I'd yeah. say no, but I could make a valid argument the other way. <laughs> Certainly, we didn't kill. Right. That's what's so interesting. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Maybe the lion's are eating fruit too, man. Put it outside of us and... right. Whatever the big cat was back then, you know. Mm-hmm. Big cat. Are up? I think. Okay. P.S. In case someone's watching, excuse me. Middle of the day yawning. Yeah, man. You got that midday yawn going. My on. face is abnormally red again. <sighs> Did you get nervous? <laughs> I don't think it's nervous, man. I don't feel nervous at all. Hmm. That's what I, no one understands. <laughs> I don't feel nervous at all when it comes. <laughs> now, I agree with you. When you look online... If you're listening to the podcast, I just have really, really red, rosy, like cheekbones, essentially right now. Yeah, and uh, I mean, just and they feel it, the reason I know it happens is because it feels feel hot. Hot, yep, yeah, yeah, you can feel it. So there you go with that. I don't really know what to do with it. It is not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely uncomfortable. And I know when people see it, they're like, "What's wrong with him?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> so I mean, it could be. I've even thought, is it like a blood sugar thing? Because I haven't really eaten much today. That's that. Actually, I feel like that would make a lot of sense. I'm just saying stuff, though. I don't really have any. I, anyway, I'm just saying why did stuff. I bring this up? I don't know. If you're on the video and you're like, "Why does his face look like that?" I've had people ask that. Remember back? Oh today, yeah. When we used to do live, it would literally every time why someone your would face go, "Facial red." Yeah. I don't know the answer, man. You know what I think it is? What's that? I think it's his youthful glow. It burns Full like glow. fire. Full I know glow. that. Gosh dang it. Um, <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right. Um, next question we have for y'all. Uh, why did God see Genesis 11.6 as a bad thing? Did he have to confuse them in verse 7 so later scriptures slash prophecies could be fulfilled? <clears throat> I think, honestly, excuse me, um, no. I, I th- go ahead. 
if I remember correctly, the reason like they're mentioning, did he have to confuse them? They're talking about the Tower of Babel, right? And where he confuses them. Correct. The verse on ESV said, 11.6 says, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all, excuse me, and they have all one language, and this is the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Hmm. <clears throat> um, what's interesting on the surface, it's, it's like, is God afraid of them? Hmm. Uh, right? Because it says, oh my goodness, we have to, you know, what could they do? Right. Like, together as one, we're <clears throat> capable of sort of deal. Yeah. Like, so. That's interesting. Uh, I don't think that it was that at all. I think he was more concerned about what they were going to do to each other. Mm. Um, because think about it. If they had the capability to do these types of things. Also, the other thing that's interesting is they begin, they weren't supposed to congregate like that. And they began to congregate. Hmm. That's very intriguing. Yeah, so I think that it was more of, I don't think it had to do with prophecy or anything. It had to do with God was looking out for humanity. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting how you, like, going, because I've never thought about that in the, in the sense of, like, us congregating and what we can be capable of and what we can do to each other mm -hmm. because it makes me think of kind of like how like where we're at today and like the advancement of all this stuff like technology and and you know warfare all this stuff like it makes me wonder if that is kind of similar in a sense like because we have you know even just in the this may be way out of left field i don't know but like even just like the idea of like population right and, like, higher population, more people, you're more capable of whatever, you know? So, interesting. I don't know, man. That's it. Yeah, I don't know either. Huh. Um, I essentially think it had to do, when he says that, it's not a, like, fear, it's sadness. Like, look how far they're willing to go to <sighs> set themselves above me. That's sad. To set themselves above God, right, in their pride and... Um, you know, and I think they were disobedient, so I think it was, he's like, okay... Well, this is what, you know, how much evil can they do? <laughs> because think about it, if everyone's sinful, right? And now all of a sudden you can all, I don't know, it's like all that, that all that brokenness, all that evil can kind of come together. And, <clears throat> and clearly we know it doesn't reach to heaven, but they were they were setting themselves up mm -hmm. as, you know, look what we can do. And so that's what I think. It had to do with their pride and also protection of themselves from themselves because they weren't doing what he said, which is, go be fruitful and multiply, they were kind of congregating. Yeah. And just disdain in one place. That's so odd. You know, and he's like, I yeah. told you to go and after no one, go do this. What's interesting is like... Excuse me. So after the flood, also it kind of makes you wonder, were they like, hey, we're going to create something that the flood couldn't reach? Mm. There's a rejection? I don't know. It's all interesting stuff. Like, Dang, But even the idea of that is just a rejection of God's sovereignty. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. <clears throat> so that's what I think. Now, if I didn't, they have actual measurements of the Tower of Babel. Like, I have no idea. Off the top of my head, honestly. Yeah, I thought there was. I thought there was measurements of it. And if I remember, it's like it's uh, like insane what they were capable of doing then. Yeah, like well, like what, what they built. What we've done now. I, well, yeah, it's scary, man. It's insane. So like, it makes me think of, you know. I like how you said, like all that sin, all that just like coming together. Like mm. it's almost like. The, like I like that they called it the Tower of Babel because like pride, man. Is what it is. Yes, I love that because it's just like oh man, all that sin just being put together and look look what it 
you know, mm. look at it. Oh, mm. oh man. It reminds me of like, that's why it's so scary. Even like in like times of today, like I can, it's almost seems relatable in a sense of like, look what we have built and it's terrifying. Yeah. The destruction they could even, yes. You know, you think of where we're at, even just as society or even just in the world, right? Like, mm. you know, living in a world where people are constantly like flying these missiles, testing these crazy nuclear mm. missiles and it's interesting weaponry. It? Like, dude, it's insane. Like, you know, how could that not be a form of Tower of Babel in a way? You know, like <sighs> how 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 far are we willing to push it, right? To be like God or be above God, like you know, man, we as yeah, as is trying to stop their, you know, it's it's like it's a good way to put it. It's their idea. It's like he's he's limiting their ability not to do good, but their ability to do normal like terrible evil. Yes, together, you know, you know, like 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 like. <laughs> me too, man. <laughs> it makes me think of because remember he had just destroyed everything not too long. Before and there they were again trying to. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, man, it makes me think of like what we've created today in the sense of like I know what I've heard of like these places where like they're even managing to like. Mm. What is that one giant chamber? It's like underground. Kern or CERN or whatever. Yeah, that man, that place, that place is unbelievable, and they even say that if it were to like break, it could create like a black hole, yeah, or something crazy. I'm like. That is yeah. unbelievable. The other big thing, agreed. Sorry, I was going back. I'm just thinking through this again, and I, I mentioned it a minute ago, but I do want to focus on that too. Like as we talk about this stuff with, with the language and stuff, real quick. Sorry, I'm coming all the way back. Didn't mean to because yeah, yeah. that's so true. But I, I was uh-huh. thinking about the question more. I want to make sure also remember they did disobey God's command to Noah after it. Go multiply. Yeah. Spread out the cross back across the earth, and they're like, no, yeah. we're gonna. <laughs> Where we will build this tower. And stay together and nothing, you know. <laughs> it's it's crazy. So it forced the people to do what he commanded them to do. So anyway, That's but yeah, man, there's a lot of it's true. We do a lot more evil in this world when we're away from the creator than we do good. Truth, man. So good stuff, it's man. Creepy. Let's see if I got another one for you to close up shop for the day. Closing it up. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What do we got? Uh, how deep do you guys want to go here? You want to go in tr- more of like interesting the concept or mm-hmm. deep? Mm. Let's go deep, man. All right. You asked for it. <laughs> what does church hurt look like? And how do you heal after you've been hurt by, quote, church people, end quote? Mm. I think church hurt looks like when somebody is... When somebody is affected by the way the church acts in ways they say they are not supposed to act, but they do anyway, but they don't acknowledge it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but what is that? Like, like for people that you, you define it. What do you mean? What you just say that again? I feel like church hurt is when somebody's affected by the church doing something to them gotcha. that the church states is something they don't do, but they do it anyway, but they don't acknowledge it. Gotcha. Yeah. So. So the way I look at this is it's very interesting for me because I talked to a guy, and now I may be wrong in this whole thought process here, but I think in the way to not only deal with church hurt and to understand what church hurt is, quotation marks around it is, is to understand the idea that it's not actually the church hurting you. Mm. The church is built off of a solid foundation. It's built off of 
Jesus Christ's yes. sacrifice on the cross. It's the it's gospel, Peter huh? going out and doing all these things. The, the, the church itself is solid. It's not actually hurting you. In fact, it's here to better you. And, and yet, there may be some painful, like, growing pains and things of that nature, mm-hmm. which we talk about, and that may be Christianese to some people, but at the end of the day, that is what it is sometimes, because sometimes you got to be pulled out of what you're doing. But it's not actually, I think in most of these processes, it's not actually the church hurting you, but it's leaders of the church and then Christians hurting mm. you that are deciding to go down this strange path where they're either not necessarily, where we're, we're arguing over either secondary issues or we're not taking primary issues as what they are and truly trying to agree on them mm. and trying to see them for what they are. And then we end up hurting a lot of people in the process because we end up judging them. And to get over that is, I think a big thing for you to realize is that at the end of the day, and it sucks, is to not only stop looking at the church as if the church hurts you itself, but start looking and going, okay, yeah, leaders of the church hurt me, and then start going, okay, well, what does it call me to do in the Bible? If somebody yeah. hurt me, if my brother wronged me, what am I supposed to do? And then go from there. And yes, that may suck in the process, but at the same time, he tells us to do that for a reason. And if you eventually get to the point where they're not responding and do that. There's a re- there's something that Todd has talked about this multiple times and even brought up the fact that other churches do not do this, but it eventually it goes into a Matthew 18 process, and then you continue to go down that path, I think. And I may be wrong in all this thought process, I'd like to know, but that's just kind of where I've thought about it. Um, I think what you said was good, like about the idea of like leaders and like Christians. Yeah, like I think the church in itself is built on a solid foundation. I think you're right. And I think that it's the people that are in the church that tend to hurt. And that's the church hurt. So I, I agree with you on that. Um, the rest of it, um, I think, yeah, I think it was solid, man. I, I'm, I'm still kind yeah. of thinking through it. I think you made a good point. I think most of the time church hurt, and this is a phrase you, that whoever wrote this created, I haven't heard the phrase, but but we know what it means. Yeah. And it's, it's people who've been hurt by the church. And, you know, the reality is God's church, the bride of Christ, Christians, true Christians, you know, Mm -hmm. the capital C, and even the way he has set the church up, if we follow, if we all followed God's commands for it, people wouldn't get hurt beyond like the hurt of having to put sin to death and having to, you know, hmm. discipline and those kinds of things. So most of the time, if it's valid and someone's not just justifying their sinful behavior, but if it's valid, I think what you said is true. It's either from leaders, leadership that <clears throat> does not necessarily follow biblical principles maybe, and then secondly, a culture, a church culture. It's very rarely the entire church. So if you have an unhealthy church culture... Um, Boy, that's going to lead to a lot of pain. That's when it leads to sort of the, you know, sort of the let's let's point out everyone's sin or let's, you know, when someone makes a mistake, we we've got to shame them and kick them out and punish them and all those kinds of things. So I think most of the time it has to do with a, a hurt or an insecurity that came from someone's time in the church. Uh, I think the overall culture of mainstream popular Christianity can be very hurtful sometimes because. It's very surfacey, and when it comes to actually, it's all about pretending to be holy versus living holy, I yeah. think, sometimes. And that's popular, like meaning kind of what you see on your TV and your kind of pop culture Christianity. But I think what you said is right, man. I think it, you know, if you were to define it, it's just people who've been hurt 
in the church. And I think when we define it the way it is, we're talking about legitimate hurts. We're not talking about the people who have been held to a standard that they want to blame people. Right, because they don't want to be held to it. So how do you, you know, so maybe it's someone made a mistake and they confessed and they were kicked out of the church or, Mm. you know, whatever. And they they were willing to repent. Right. So um, I think the other side of it is how do you heal after you've been hurt by, quote, church people? Mm, That's really good. I, you know. Well, it depends on if, are you a Christian? Yeah. That, you know, the person asking, if you're a Christian, you are a church people. Mm. <laughs> That's really good. Because I think a lot of it, like, this is something you've talked about in the past before, of like how, especially when you get hurt by the church, it's like you almost want to separate yourself from it, right? But you got to realize you're part of it still. That's really good. I can move my arm way over here, my mm-hmm. hand. My hand's still part of my body. That's right. And it may not like me, right? I got a cut on it right now, actually. It really hurts. And it annoys right. me, and my body's like, this hurts. But yep. my finger... My thumb is still part of this body, and I was that guy. Mm. I had been hurt or thought, you know, thought they didn't want me, they being whoever these people were, these Christians in my head, and realized mm. that, man, I'm a part of it. That's right. So how do you heal? You find a good, you know, you, you can't, you are to be in church. We say this a lot around here. I say it a lot. Um, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. But a Christian goes to church. That's right. And as a Christian, you need to find yourself a Bible-believing church. Mm-hmm. Now, even a Bible-believing churches are filled with imperfect people. So you got to ask yourself a question. Did you get hurt by a person? You know, and did you follow the Bible? I mean, you went to them and told them, you've hurt me. That's good. And, but like let's that. assume in this case you truly had this innocent, you know, whatever. It wasn't right and you were wrong. And that, that does happen. Oh, yeah. Um, it doesn't mean every church is bad. It doesn't ever mean every Christian is bad no. in the sense of, like, that they want to hurt you. So this is one of the things I say. you got to be a culture setter. If you want to change it, removing yourself from it doesn't change anything. You put yourself in good Bible-believing churches under good, imperfect, no one's perfect, but um, leaders who, who seek God and, and seek to follow the Bible um, instead of just going for what makes you comfortable. And when you do that, yeah, you'll get the truth, but you also get the, the biblical grace and accountability and love and all that stuff. So I guess that would be my advice is find a good church. That's and, good, man. And get back in there and remember that, you know, from, from a Christian perspective, I mean, from a disciple perspective, you got to go find a church. You're called to be in church. Even from a human perspective, if you want to change it, you, gotta, you, you can't do it from the outside. Hmm. So that's just my thoughts on it. It was great stuff, though. I, I like that you brought up the idea of, like, look at yourself first. That was I like that. Look at like look at where your heart was at, and look at did you do it right? You know, did you was there anything that you you left? Did you leave a stone unturned? Essentially, like did yeah. you go about this process and just end up leaving instead of trying to do what yeah. what the and, Bible says? And the reality like is, that. sometimes people do try and they still yeah. get hurt. You know, that's excuse me, that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. That's happened to some people out there. And, and I, another thing that comes to mind for me is like. Even in the midst of the hurt, right, of these, like you said, these people are imperfect, you know, and it can be hard to remember that sometimes in the midst mm-hmm. of your heart because our feelings can be so strong sometimes. Mm-hmm. But also just remembering, like, I guess I always try to look at it in the sense of, like, I've probably been in their shoes before, too, where I've done this to somebody. Like, I've hurt someone like this, I, you know, and then I try to, like, that's where my sympathy, like, I can sympathize mm-hmm. with people who who have hurt me you know it's good man that's that's my other thing. that's a great question if that's you you know you've been hurt 
I get it. Me too. Mm. But also, don't ever forget that it wasn't it wasn't God who hurt you. Hmm. That's and really good, man. Sometimes we we let bad people drive us away from God's good church. You know. That's so right. keep. There are churches out there and believers that want to do things the right way. So Amen, don't give dude. up. That's right. Anyway, it's a yeah. great question. It was, I man. think we, we filled in. I know, guys, we weren't really long on the Calvinism question, so I apologize if that kind of lost you. But I think it's one of those questions that I can't really answer without going, you know, we can't really answer without discussing it. Right. And I still don't feel like we really, like really kinda, grabbed that. Yeah, thing. hit all of it. Yeah. So, but it, anyway, it was a great question. I loved it, man. Think, so it was a good oh, discussion. Good. So, yeah, you out there who asked that question, great question. I think all of them were fun today and great and oh, got yeah. us thinking. So keep them coming, guys. Yes. Uh, well, I think that's about it for me. You got anything you want to say? First off, I just want to thank all of you. You watching this video or you listening on this podcast. Talking to you. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Hope you guys have had a great day. Mm. Hope you guys find something from this, whether that's a lesson or just, you know, <laughs> this is a way different outro than I usually do. So I'm just kind of scrambling for words at this point. Hey, sh- yeah. <laughs> So, yes, I hope hope you guys take something from it. Um, Mar Jackson. That's right. Scramble your way out. That's right. What is he, number eight? Oh, boy. Yep. I didn't count my fingers. I'm going to give you advice I gave to a good guy named Jack one time. Sometimes you just got to get in and get out. That's right. Hey, listen, guys. If you're watching from Facebook, (laughs) make sure you share it, comment. Weird. It's like I've said that to you before. Anyway, go (laughs) 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 Me too. Like share, comment. If you're watching from YouTube, hit that subscribe button with the notification bell so you can get notified when we post. If you're watching from Rumble, hashtag Rumble Jumble. Give us Rumble. Love you guys. Thank you. Uh, Fun turn, you got anything? I'll just reiterate the uh, lovely podcast that I do every week, and I think AJ covered it a little bit as well. But if you could please leave us a review, a mm. lovely five-star review, and a a little bit of a comment. Tell us why you like us. And if it's not a good review and you, you're not going to say anything nice, do what your mama told you. Keep it to yourself. Boo. And, and move on down the line. We appreciate that you came on by, but... We would really appreciate it that you did not leave us a one star. If you want to still leave us a five star, yeah, go ahead and do that. As then for the comment, if you don't want to share anything or like tell us why we're doing good, you can even put down that you like PB&J sandwiches or that you like Reese's peanut butter cups. I like both of those. Me too. Those so really go ahead good. and put on those down. The reviews the really help us on the business Eggs. side of things. Jeez. So please, please leave those. That's all I got. Hey, you heard it. Great job today, my man. You too, dude. Fun turn. Air fist five blow up. Hey, by the way, I didn't blow that fast enough. There we go. And the rest of you guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for the great questions. Hey, we hope that this uh, was informative, maybe a little fun, and just gave you some stuff to talk about. Listen, we don't promise to always be perfect or have all the right answers, but truth, it's it can be fun and it's good to have these discussions and talk about the weightier things of life and That's right. a little bit of. Just interesting parallel universe thoughts too. Right. So if you have any questions about <laughs> parallel universes or other things, including Life, God, the Bible, or anything in between, remember the link, www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. That's active 24-7, 365. Go down, even right now as you're listening to this, somewhere in the in the lands of Scotland, if you've been listening to it, probably didn't do the correct accent, but you know the deal. Wherever you're at, from the from the... Peninsula of Florida to the great redwoods of the West Coast. Yes. And everywhere in between. 
across the great state of Texas and sweeping across Kansas, the land of tornadoes, and coming back to old Indiana, where we're at, where the corn is high. That's right. And the allergies are too. Yep. So we hope you guys, wherever you're at in this great country of ours and world, we hope that you guys will join us again next week and perhaps this week for a bonus episode. Yep. So, hey, if you want to donate to this show, it is tax deductible. Uh, it costs money to run this show. I know that's absolutely shocking to you. But if you would uh, consider donating, we'd appreciate that at www.theremnant.life. Slash give. You know what? They, I think they call it this on Fun Terminal, but, you know, buy us a cup of coffee. How about that? Hey. If you enjoyed the show, buy us a cup of coffee. I like it. By donating at www.theremnant.life slash give. Hey, have a great day, and we mean this truly. God bless you.